0: You're listening to Lab Notes by Play Labs, where we focus on gameplay, communication, and wellness. Let's get to the lab.
1: Hey, welcome back to Lab Notes. This is Neil, otherwise known as Spoonman. I am joined, as always, by Jared. Good to be back hey.
2: after a, a week of stuffing our faces with hopefully some good Thanksgiving food.
1: We have a couple of guests uh, with us today. We also have Brendan from our IT company. He's a team leader over at Team Trina. Good afternoon, everybody. Hello, hello. And Zachary, our social media manager. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Jared, what do you have for our tip this week?
2: Yeah, I really didn't get to uh to play a lot over the weekend while I was visiting family and had some time off from Play Labs. But uh, I think that actually links pretty closely to a coaching tip that I've kind of iterated on before here on the episode. But being able to step away and take a break. Uh, especially if you have it within yourself to take like somewhere between two and four days off of a game that you're really passionate about can really let you go back into it with a new perspective. And uh you find yourself experiencing some burnout, sometimes just one night off isn't enough. So don't be afraid to take more than a couple of days to just recollect yourself and refine
1: your passion for a game. You'll find yourself playing better for sure. So how was your, uh how was your relaxation then? Did you, Get your mind away from all things play Labs for a few days?
2: Uh, I mean, the mind was still on play Labs, but definitely away from gaming. So it was, I, it was new. It was a good break and get to do it again over Christmas too, but really looking forward to these next couple of weeks. We got some really cool stuff coming up with the lab. Yeah. So we have, uh, this week we're excited to have it going on. We have a kind of middle school esports league with Fortnite and Rocket League that will have already happened by the time this episode comes out on Friday. So that was great. We have a grand finals gaming event coming up. You guys will see some info on that going out on our socials. And then we have the game awards coming up too. We're going to have a nice, uh, little watch party here at Playlabs for some of our parent company, Digenetics employees.
1: Want the lab to yourself? Host a private party and get exclusive
0: access to our entire 3,000-square-foot gaming lab for your birthday party, bachelor
1: or bachelorette party, or company event. Visit playlabs.gg slash party to book today. Use the promo code podcast for a $50 discount. I guess there was an AMA from... Sledgehammer's about Call of Duty and and as everybody knows, I play COD more than I should. (laughs) And I guess the biggest complaint was that, uh, they would not answer any questions about skill-based matchmaking. And that was the most upvoted question across the board and they just kept ignoring it. Doesn't, is there some reason why nobody wants to talk about it? I know Brendan has some strong opinions on the, (laughs) on the matter. So I guess I'll start with you, Brendan. What, what, where do you stand?
3: Well, for me as the, for the foreseeable future, really, you know, as a father of almost father of two and somebody who holds a a full-time job and a, and a, another part-time job on top of that. And, uh, you know, especially in the, in the industries that I, that I work, I'm the casual gamer for life. I don't have time to, uh, you know, always improve. Uh, my skill match over match over match. So skill based matchmaking. I would say. To, I mean, to answer your question, yeah, yeah, I think it is a real thing. I remember um, as a kid playing Halo Three, and I remember there being. And maybe maybe I was having like a fever dream or something. It's been years <laughs> since I played Halo Three, but I remember there being social playlists. And then I believe a ranked playlist or just like your, your regular playlist, which I, 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 they, they had to have used a, a different matchmaking algorithm there. Right. So in this, in the social playlist, you get, you get linked up with uh, just, you know, a random pool of players. Right. And I don't know if it, if it based off, you know, uh, your, your, your ping rate in the lobby and that's how they grouped everybody together or what have you, but I, I don't believe it was skill-based at all. Okay. Um, And you could see yourself improving match over match. You know, you get a couple of uh, warm up matches in and then you're, you're back to your, your normal level of, uh, skill, you know, as you, as you go through your, your, your gaming session. And you could see yourself climbing the leaderboards, right? Your first couple of matches, you might be bottom of the barrel, you know, getting absolutely stomped, but by the end of the night, you're probably finishing up near the top. You know, as, as long as you are, I guess, actually good at the game or whatever your definition of good is. But with skill-based matchmaking, I find myself in a, in a sweat fest every game almost. <laughs> you know, just trying to stay middle of the pack. And I also find my match rate, my, my win-loss rate in, in matches tends to be about 50-50 or worse, especially in games like Call of duty where the gameplay is so fast paced that you you do have to be kind of uh kind of locked in if you're gonna be somebody who does have a uh just a just a higher skill level than you do for me it is a little bit frustrating yeah I'd like to hear what everyone else has to think about it because maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way
1: zach you i, I you'd mentioned to me earlier about a uh, um A thread about Halo 2. Can did you did you read through that? Can you expand on that a little bit for us? Yeah,
0: so I have that pulled up. Um Max Hoberman, who was the lead multiplayer designer in Halo 2, obviously had a lot of a lot of this stuff in mind when they were developing that, which kind of I think set the standard for online lobbies today. We still kind of use the systems that first showed up there. One of the really interesting things reading about it is that while they prioritized skill, they gave it Enough of a range that you would basically have three kinds of matches where you would be pretty outmatched, where things would be pretty even, and where you would totally dominate. The logic behind that was that generally, yeah, you'd be playing, you know, you'd win some, you'd lose some, and then other times you could sweep. But it didn't happen all the time. So that way you kept engaged. It felt good when you did it, but it wasn't just, you know, the only thing that was ever happening. Kind of expounding on what Brendan was saying. They did take that into account. They used the same code base for that in the social side as well, but it was way deep prioritized. So you had a lot bigger range of skill levels in those social playlists. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to see, cause I would, I would have thought that it was pretty strict. Like this is your player ranking. We're only going to match you at that specific variable and that's it. Right? right. But it does, it seems like there's, they built in a little bit of wiggle room there so that it would be fun and engaging, you know, the longer you played around with it.
1: You hey, win some, you lose some, and sometimes you break even, uh, which comes back to what Brendan said about being in about 50%. Uh, effectively, that's kind of the goal, right? If you lean one way or the other, you're less likely to continue. The thrill dies when you always win, and there's nothing to go for. Uh, I mean, I, I use golf as a great example, right? I absolutely suck at golf, but it's the one shot each time that keeps me coming back, and I think that happens for a lot of people, in in a lot of different things, from sports to esports, uh, everything else. You want a challenge?
2: Yeah, League has plenty of matchmaking criteria. They do it based on ranks. Uh, okay. Any game that has matchmaking has ranks that they assign to the sure. people. And you guys have all made some some solid points. And the goal no matter how you get to it of any matchmaking based system is to have somebody at about 50%, somewhere between like 48 and 52%. And the reason they do that is because if you are winning one and losing one, that means, and this is going to be hard for anybody to hear, but that means you are exactly where you are meant to be. If you are winning one and losing one, you are right in the sweet spot of matchmaking. They have you pegged, whatever skill level you are at, that is where you belong. And... Until you take active steps and measures to improve, which is not just play and play and play and play and play, you are going to continue to stay at the level that you are at. And there are so many people that have too thick of heads to realize that whatever skill level you're at, that's where you're at. And I see the comment all the time in league lobbies when I'm playing that, um, that someone will like make a degrading mark, uh, remark towards somebody's rank. And it's kind of like the pot calling the kettle black, because I don't care if you're on a Smurf. uh, Your Smurf account is in that rank as well. So either they purchased a better account or they had a lucky streak. But yeah, no, skill-based matchmaking is great. The only problem with it is I would much rather play an attitude-based matchmaking where you don't have teammates that give up at, at five minutes into a game or you know you're playing Call of Duty and you're down uh, 2-0 on Search and Destroy or something like that, and that person gives up because they've never dealt with loss in their life in a meaningful way, uh, especially in athletic or, or sports standpoint. So they're just they're defeatists is what they are. But they keep playing the game because they think they're better than they are and they want to win, but they don't want to win when it's hard.
1: There's so much psychology involved in gaming.
2: Don't play to win. And don't care about your rank play to improve one little thing, every single game. And if you do that, you will find yourself at that 51 or 52% win rate, which will slowly move you up the ladder and move the dial in the direction that
1: you want to go. I really like play to improve. What do you guys think the factors that I know we, we said we're really going to talk about this, you know, the, algorithm of it but what what factors go into that algorithm what i mean at least we don't know right it's all secret sauce what is it about skill based matchmaking what what factors go into it for you or you what do you think go into it i should say
3: it's, it's got to be you know your like in in call of duty for example or you know even you know games like halo it's got to be your your kd ratio is is got to be a, a big one Maybe your, your win loss rate over the last, I don't know, 10 to 20 matches, just a smaller sample size, you know, maybe not all of your match history combined. And then probably things like accuracy and your, your win loss ratio in specific match encounters with other players. I mean, those, those metrics have to be taken into account.
1: Taking Jared's example of somebody, you know, dropping out of a match. Uh, because they're not doing well and yeah. letting the rest of the team down. If I were writing the, the matchmaking algor- algorithm, they're now going to only get placed for the next maybe, let's say, two or three rounds or something like that with people that will destroy them. That's
2: that's actually something <laughs> League of Legends has done. Right? Um, I mean, that's the way I would do it. <laughs> not, not with players that have, like, a bad attitude in the, if they get reported, but it's essentially something called loser's cue where you will only be matched with players who have been reported for certain instances or with players who have actually left matches early and and that's what it it's losers queue for a few games and you play with like people and that's exactly what those type of people deserve unfortunately not everybody always gets reported for bad attitudes and acting on it you know saying you know awful stuff in in chat or intentionally feeding and dying on purpose there's no real way to detect that but it's very easy to detect a lever and because of that at least in league i think they've had it in in halo and some other games uh if you have somebody leave in the middle of a match uh something called loss mitigation occurs so you don't lose as much of your your rank or your standing if the game detects that somebody left in the middle of it
3: yeah man i think it was uh i think it was halo that if you left the game early um outside of like the the social playlists it would negatively impact your your rank and it would you know add a loss to your uh right. your your, your win loss record automatically and i mean i think I think stuff like that is important and not not a lot of games implement that that kind of thing these days i think uh you know like like you said jared that that bad attitude is almost uh not rewarded, but it's definitely not um a, a punishable uh, offense in a lot of cases. And I think that would go a long way in uh, improving uh, I mean, even skill-based matchmaking as, as a whole, you know, if there was some, some real negative yeah. consequence.
2: Yeah. I mean, Riot's been trying to figure it out for a decade with League. Right. And they've done some good things, and they've done some things that haven't worked, but they've tried to improve it. And you'll find that, uh, <laughs> at least for me personally, uh, when I finish a bad game, whether it's it's League or Overwatch or COD or or whatever, if there's a player who's openly toxic and they are talking and chat and and being awful, I report every single one of them. And in League, one thing they've implemented that, I actually might enjoy more than a win. When you report somebody, if a report that you submit leads to that player getting punished, a little pop-up notification comes up on your client. It doesn't tell you who, but it says a player you recently reported has been issued a penalty for their behavior. Thanks for keeping our community a good place or whatever. When I see that message, I almost immediately know, you know, at least have an idea of who it might have been. And that that's super rewarding for me. I love that.
0: Right. (laughs) justice is served. Right. Uh, that's That's good.
2: Yeah, I don't know if they have that as an algorithm where... If somebody has reported an individual and it has successfully resulted in someone being punished, that that person's reports become more credible and they're looked at faster. I they've never revealed right. if that's a, a situation, sure. but I would imagine it would be. It would make you sense that you know you get somebody that's reporting somebody for having a bad game, which isn't a a, right. a bannable offense then, no, you don't care about that. That's the boy who cried wolf. If you have somebody who's been keeping track of bad players and myself, so League actually rewards people for being good players. After a game, I know they have it in Overwatch. I don't know if they have it in COD, Neil. Maybe you know. After a game, you can honor a teammate. So you can, like, give them a little badge that says they were a good shot caller or they were tilt-proof and stayed chill. And every time, you can only give that to one teammate every game. So when people honor you, you have a progress bar that moves up, and in League, there's five different ranks of honor, and I'm at the the top rank of it, and they give you rewards for being honorable players. They give you free in-game content and uh, oh. a little badge that's on your profile that you can only get if you're at that tier.
1: I like that. I like all the, the positive reinforcement that goes into all those things. I think those are great. I-
2: I I think there is an ultimate form of honor, and this goes back to, like, Halo 2, Halo 3 days. If you played with somebody and you liked playing with them, you sent them a friend request is what
1: happened. Yeah, I could see that being the, the ultimate satisfaction, right? Hey, this has been a good match with you. Zach, do you think that publishers, do you think they should openly either discuss or convey what their matchmaking process is? Or do you think it should be kept secret?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think transparency goes a long way as far as, you know, your PR as a as a developer. I I get that sometimes you don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of it because then you'll have you'll give a certain group of people a whole other thing to complain about. Right. So, I I do kind of understand the hesitation there. But but yeah, I think some transparency, explain what you're doing. You mentioned this like AMA with a uh, Sledgehammer and yeah, people, people at least want to know that the developer is thinking of the problem and trying to come up with a solution, you know, that, that serves as many people as possible.
1: Yeah. For them to I, ignore it is bad, right? Yeah. Well, it's kind of a, it's a double edged sword, right?
2: Cause if you reveal everything, 70% of your rating, um, with the, where how they calculate MMR, which is usually matchmade rating, which is equivalent to your rank. And they say 60 to 70% of that is your KDA. What's going to happen is you're going to have people that stop playing to win and start playing to preserve KDA. They're going to get sure. their kills and they're going to hide and they don't want to die. And when you reveal stuff like that, people want to abuse the system. On the other side, the coin, some level of transparency. So someone that's been playing really well and they've won, you know, eight games in a row and they've only gone up like one rank. Well that's that's also a bad situation because they're like I've been doing awesome but why am I not ranking up? I don't know what I need to do differently and and it ultimately just comes down to people wanting to be viewed as their skill level should demonstrate.
1: I think going back to like the list that Brendan gave us, I think maybe that's the extent of it. Yes, we use an algorithm to place players in lobbies that are equal to their skill level. And that's just really fancy way of saying skill-based matchmaking. And we use these, whatever, five, four, eight factors, and that's it. No no further detail about that. I think that alone would just kind of shut people up, for lack of a better way to say it. It's like, yep, I know what happens. I know what goes into it. Great. I'm just going to keep playing to improve. The squeakiest wheels um, seem to be streamers. They have an audience that is looking to them to do something awesome and they can't get out of lobbies that are equally matched to their skill level. That's like having the Lakers show up at your high school. That wouldn't be enjoyable. Certainly not for the high school team. <laughs> so, you, know, you know, it's a great spectacle for the people, but you know, it's like, yeah, so you destroyed lesser people than you. Well, that's kind of what we expected. I, I want to see somebody that's equally matched duke it out and then see how they either through strategy or skill, uh, are able to beat their opponent, not just come and do cool stuff with people that can't do it as well as you. That seems weak. Any other thoughts on the, uh, on the matter? Is it going to change anything in how you play?
0: Certainly not going to change much with how I play. I just, you kind of mentioned at the top why, like asking why, um, companies might not want to address this kind of stuff. And I think it's just this pendulum swings between all these different factors that might make your gameplay experience not as smooth as it should be. And I think right now in certain communities, it is skill-based matchmaking, but eventually that will swing back the other way. And it'll be about laggy connection-based lobbies being a problem and, you know, whatever it is, Right. there's, there's always something to complain about.
1: <laughs> there's always something. I think if you took it away entirely and just went pure random or pure random with, ping you know obviously you don't you don't really want to match people up that don't have good latency i think we want pure random it would only last for a little while and then everybody would wonder what happened i think it's a dial right maybe if they just had a you know there's somebody in the back room with a giant dial that just says well how strong is the skill-based matchmaking going to be and you fine-tune it you have to adjust your dosage until it's right kind of a thing and then when everybody's happy and i think the comp you know the 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 loudest group is what's what you're hearing the most from but the rest of us don't really care i certainly don't care i mean in multiplayer lobbies i'm doing just fine like jared said i'm really just in there to you know learn some techniques that are better than before and if i get more kills as a result then i know i'm doing the right thing and if i tweak it and go the other way and get less kills then i know i'm doing the wrong thing and i just adjust accordingly
3: The only time I'd say I really find it to be a a problem or that it negatively impacts my my gameplay is when I'm playing with friends who are who are better than me at at the game. Right. Mm -hmm. That's always I think there's a there's an issue there is, again, as a ultra casual gamer and somebody who really first person shooters or, you know, big uh, lobby based games are not. Necessarily my genre all the time, but when I do play them, I am way under skill level, you know, compared to uh, my my group of you know close buddies who who game together. And I find myself just getting stomped, 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 stomped all the time. But I play by myself. I think the the skill based matchmaking actually is is beneficial for me. Mm. And does kind of put me in those, in that, you know, like Jared had mentioned, in that matchmaking sweet spot where my, my win-loss rate is about 50-50. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm winning, a, you know, a good chunk of my exchanges in matches, but I'm still losing. And that's where I know that there is room to improve. But man, if, if you're in a party with somebody who is just miles ahead of you, as, as far as skill goes, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be rough going there. So, I don't know really where where things can be improved on on that front but I think overall uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it uh, it just I can see where some of the frustration cre- uh, creeps in for for a good chunk of the of the player base.
2: I think you'll find that uh in those situations playing to Not necessarily win, but just enjoying being with your friends is the way to go. Of course, you know, I I can relate to playing with people that are way better than you and getting matched against people of their skill level being rough, but at the same time, they can't really play down unless they have extra like smurf accounts or something like that. But I mean think about it from a, a traditional sports perspective. Like if I went and played soccer, which I'm I'm above average at, I would like to think. But if I went and played with Guys who are, you know, five day a week collegiate athletes or semi pros in some division. And I tried playing soccer with them against another group of guys that were their skill level. I'm probably not going to have a lot of great moments in that match. There still might be, you know, some fun ones whenever you do get to make a good play against good players with your friends. And it might be super seldom. It's really exhilarating and fun, but it's just so hard to create an even environment when you're surrounded by people that really are such a degree better than you and to no fault of your own it's just it's how it is
1: i'd be curious as an experiment if uh, a publisher would put in a checkbox to use skill-based matchmaking or not and then see if people come back to it
0: yeah so an interesting test to see
1: the other thought i had was in what you're saying brendan is your squad should be taken as a whole right Hey, it's you and two other guys in this squad. We're going to, the number we use for skill-based matchmaking is a, is a cumulative or an average number between the three of you versus, hey, we've got two high-ranked guys. We're going to put you in a high-ranked lobby. So bringing that level down a little bit because another player in the, in the squad is, has a lower score essentially in terms of the skill. I wonder if something like that would work. And the funny thing is, if we ever found out how all this worked, I think we'd be really surprised, right? I think there's certainly a lot of development and psychology that goes into these things. If they were to show us the algorithm for something like this, it would probably blow our minds to see, you know, how they tweak it out. I mean, the goal is for you to continue playing the game, to continue spending money, buying skins or whatever you do, opening crates and uh you know effectively the little uh, dopamine bursts are all about right they're just trying to get you to to keep playing
0: yeah absolutely i play a lot of fortnite and part of the appeal to battle royales in general for me is that i i don't know how it's going to go you know i don't know where i'm going to place that particular match and that's why i keep going
1: do you think that that in a battle royale scenario there's there's so many other factors involved right in yeah you know, the skill skill, of course, obviously is is part of it, but it's hard to rank your cunning. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, some Mitch. people play differently, right? Hey, I'm not I'm going to get to what I feel is the edge of the circle and hide it out until I can get the, you know, get the drop on the, the guy that I can see Uh or other people just run and gun and just try and wipe out as many players as they can.
0: Right. And I know Fortnite at least takes recency to when you last played into account so if i come back after missing a season i'm going to be in a pretty easy lobby the the first you know match or two so that i can kind of get a feel for the new map maybe the new items and then i'll start you know getting the crud kicked out of me but at least it lets me you know kind of explore things at an easier pace initially
1: more times than not we get people that go oh it's it, you're just playing games yeah on the surface that's what it looks like but there's so much more that goes into it and in understanding all the you know the nuance is incredibly important uh, and especially if you want to get better this podcast is produced by podcast nation just like great gamers are made at play labs great podcasts are made at podcast nation visit us at podcastnation.com to learn more we're looking forward to uh all the all the things that are coming up in the next few weeks. But next Thursday, right, is the Game Awards, and hopefully everybody voted. I've been contemplating whether or not I'm going to try each of the games that are nominated for Game of the Year, but I just don't know if I can muster up the strength to play anything outside of Spider Man Two. Have you guys all played? Have you played any of the games? I mean, I know Spider Man Two. Zach, you said you were playing that, right? So. Yeah,
0: I've played four of them. Zelda, Spider-Man, oh. Mario, and Resident Evil. So. Any
1: one of those your vote?
0: I, I think it's gotta be Zelda, as much as I, I like all four of them. I mean, right. they would be my top four games this year, you know? But yeah, I think it might have to be Zelda.
3: Brendan, you got any, uh? I haven't played any of these. Oh man, no. Hey, I, I played... think you played Baldur's Gate. I've played, nope, nope, no Baldur's Gate. There was, uh, there was an issue, uh, on release with, uh, split screen for Xbox. And, uh, so I just don't think they released it on Xbox at all. Yep. Not a PC gamer guys. You're dirty resident console gamer.
0: (laughs) Same here.
2: (laughs) Man, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I haven't played a single one of the games.
1: Yeah, that's wild. I mean, so three out of four of us haven't played any of them. <laughs> um, I mean,
2: I've, I've watched some people play Zelda and the Resident Evil and games look great. They're just, they're not my kind of game, but yeah, I mean, I've at least seen some of them, but I definitely haven't seen all of them.
1: We will see together, uh, next, uh, next Thursday. Yeah. Can't wait. Cool. Awesome. Great. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh being on this episode. I really appreciate it. And, hey, if you guys have any questions about the podcast or skill-based matchmaking or you want to give us your thoughts on it, jump into our Discord and let us know. Uh, you can find the link right in the show notes and on our website at playlabs.gg. We are signing off, and we will see you next week. Game on.
0: Thanks for listening to Lab Notes. Visit playlabs.gg to find out more about our programming and schedule. Be sure to join our Discord and pop into the podcast channel to ask us questions or tell us what you think. See you next week. Game on!